Hello and welcome to the How to Survive a Breakdown podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined by my co-host Parker. Yo. And this week, uh, we set a new record for not adding stuff to the document. We did add technically two bands, but one was during the last recording of the podcast, and one was just two albums that Parker really wanted to add, and I said, fine. Fine. So Begrudgingly. We're, we're doing better. We're doing better. We're doing better. Our, our, our addiction is improving. Yes. Uh, this week was all about the albums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just say it right now. This week was all about the albums. We had actually, we I said we had we five last time. We yeah. added two more. I think we have this. I think we're talking about the same number of albums today that we are singles. Uh, it's close wait. at least. Eight singles, seven albums. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, also, if actually, I just realized I'm sounding really loud. Uh, if I sound a little bit louder than usual, it's because I shut down my computer, cleaned it out, turned it back on, fixed my mic that we just figured out in the last ten minutes. And yeah, uh, it's working again for me. Um, hi, 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 mom. Yes, hi. What can no? What can I help you with? Yes, yes. Come on in. Come on in. So I'm reading a post from a friend who lives in Australia. She's an artist, and she made this heart to give to the lead singer of a German metal band called Accept. Okay. So I just thought you might check it out. Cool. Because you're always looking for new stuff. Parker? Have we're, we're, adding it, we're adding that, except? Well, we were just cool. talking about the fact that we only added uh, five albums to the well, list. Now you should go find this this group, okay? Adamant. <laughs> except. It, this is like the best timing possible in general. Yes. Um, we were just talking about how good we were doing, and then your, your, mom, your mom's coming in and ruining it. So you are now part of the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. <laughs> All right, we're keeping that in, 100%. Yeah, anyway. we're, keeping, yeah we're absolutely keeping that in. Um, uh, yeah, except... Adamant, cool. whatever. Anyway, we have eight singles, seven albums. This week is probably, in my opinion, the most Holy polarizing shit. week for me. Um, as well as a very just overall good week for music in general. Uh, just so you just so you know, this band goes back to 1981. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, what's when's their uh, late last release? Their last release was 2021. Okay, so probably years. something this year, next year. Probably. <laughs> I'll throw. Okay. I'll throw. I'll throw their two most recent things. On there, I'll throw Too Mean to Die and Yeah, um, I've never heard of them. So let's yeah, so. Alright. So let's so this week, uh for me personally, I had a crazy week. Uh I am still recovering a little bit from sickness. I've been like s- sneezing and uh just everything. Um the kids got me sick again. And I'm also I was also just really stressed this past week because it was the last week with the kids and they were an absolute nightmare um i had to stop a near fist fight uh then the next day personal stuff happens and it just enveloped me in like (laughs) just everything and uh so 
yeah, this week was my last week with the current group that I had. I'm now going to be in third grade in a school in the same district, just a different school. And I start tomorrow because this is being recorded on a Sunday and hopefully I upload it on a Sunday, praying. Uh, my upload schedule is very bad, and I am sorry about that. It's just been <laughs> the last six weeks since I started this new this new class has been insane every week, without question. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this new class. I'm not excited for the fact that I have to learn a whole new school for the rest of the school year, but... Oh, you're, you're, like ch- you're changing buildings entirely. I'm changing <laughs> buildings. The school day starts at 8.30, or sorry, uh, starts at eight forty-five, so I have to be there at like eight eight fifteen, versus mm-hmm. seven thirty. So it's a little bit later, but then they end at three forty. Yeah, that's which right. my area. If I leave past four o'clock, it's forty-five minutes to an hour of driving, because traffic sucks. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna have fun. I'm assuming you're like a sub for the district and it's like you're I have a long-term with... sub in the classroom because the teachers uh has had the baby yeah well no but like I you, you I'm assuming you work for the district and they're moving you around to wherever you need yes they need subs for long-term yeah yeah they had me at one position and then it was going to be another and then in my first week at the second position they offered me this third one and I said sure why not yeah it's like cool. <sighs> All right, let's discuss the singles, because there's quite a variety this week, actually. There, there is. Uh, we have Jinx and their song, Cuchifrito? Cuchifrito? Cuchifrito, Cuchifrito I think. I, I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll start by talking about this one. Sure. Um, so I threw this one on because... So this is a band I've known about for a while. Um, a friend in high school introduced me to a, a couple of their songs, Um the fails and clipped by them are some of my are songs that kind of got me into metal a little bit um so they they've actually stuck they've been in my like my playlists for a while um the the cool thing about this the the thing to know about this band is i don't know if you've ever seen um like tales from the internet like the youtube series by wang no, no? well that it's a it's a youtuber he has like a million 1.13 million subscribers he's in this band um, okay so uh that's the that's that's that was something i thought was kind of cool um the the he's he's the guitarist here or one of the guitarists okay uh, but i like it's it, you know it's i i like this actually a good bit um they're they're traditionally like traditionally like rap metal type of stuff and uh you know there there's stuff from previous EPs sounds a good a good deal like this and I, I like this a good bit um this this new song um like yeah it, no, it, um it, it, I uh, thought it was really interesting I did I did enjoy yeah. it overall um mm-hmm. I like I'm interested to check out more of it yeah it just wasn't like instant being like okay hold up I need to check out more of this band hold up a second right. yeah but no, like that's that's understandable. Yeah. For right now, though, like, heck, yeah, I'd be down to check this out. It's not something I'm, like, yeah. despising. It's enough to get you interested. <laughs> yeah, like, look, there's going to be an album on here that I'm going to talk about that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the yeah. embodiment of I feel like I lost brain cells listening to it solely because mm-hmm. of one reason. 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us talk about the Devil Wears Prada and their song Reaching. And I'm going to start this one off because I want to explain this. Uh, I am not listening to it. I am not listening to anything from the Devil Wears Prada until the al- the deluxe album. By the way, they announced a deluxe album of Color Decay this year or next year or something. I hope it's this year. Um, it, I'm assuming it's this year in the next couple of months or so. <laughs> I refuse to listen to the songs because I know that I will listen to them a hundred times and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that for the end of the year list, we're, we're adding the deluxe edition of Color Decay as an honorable mention somewhere in there. Wherever we yeah. felt it belongs, but we're not going to add it to the list. Because mm-hmm. that would just take away a spot from someone else. So, like, if yeah. we think it's our number five, that takes away from a fifth spot. That, like, another band that actually released a full album, a new album, this year would take away. Would, uh, like, release. Um, words. Anyway. Word. I'm not listening to this song. I did, though. I don't have that type of restraint. So, (laughs) um, this, I think, is absolutely on par with the other stuff from Color Decay. Um, It wasn't my favorite on first listen, um, but the... This one's a a ripper. And the... Mike does incredibly on this. I love my uh, any any anytime Mike's on this song, he's he's doing fucking incredible. So I, that's what I really like about what I really like about this. It's a it's it's heavy, it's it you know it's a banger, and I what am I trying to say? Other than that, it's just a banger. Um, the 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 chorus I'm kind I was kind of iffy on to start but it's it's growing it's growing because uh jeremy comes in but i I think the the verse is where it gets heavy and and mike's screaming is where the song really really shines so gotcha so i'm gonna love this you're probably gonna love it yeah i am a uh well we are both devil wars proud simps at this point yes um at least i know we joke about tom barber marrying us but uh yeah mike and jeremy Please marry us too. Like, Mike, and, Mike and Jeremy can join the family tree as well. Yeah, please like, join the family tree. Um, yeah, so Devil Wars Prada, I, I'm going to save the raw experience of the album for the album. The funny thing is, when bef- just before Color Decay uh, released in September, I finally actually listened to Sacrifice and Watch... I listened to Watchtower, but I listened to Sacrifice for the first time, Broken for the first time, and like uh time and salt as well i think because they released like five or six singles i hadn't really listened to anything but watchtower before that moment and i know they had released uh sacrifice the year before and i didn't Mm. listen to it because i was like i was afraid that it was going to be terrible so i just was like nope i don't want to listen to it nope 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 nope. (laughs) uh and it's funny that like that was my reaction and then I got like a literal natural raw reaction to the album and it was as incredible as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, or as much of a natural reaction because I, then I spammed the crap out of all of the singles before the album released. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah, Barry Tomorrow and their album. Sorry, real quick, before we do that, I just want to say that I am 
going to cry to the acoustic version of Broken. Oh, yeah. It's, no, um it's going to happen. Genuinely, Maybe. that is top priority when we talk about that uh, whatever the deluxe edition releases. Yeah. That's going to be our priority. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um let us talk about Barry Tomorrow and their new single Begin Again. Uh, just so we know that their la- newest album, The Seventh Sun, is coming out March 31st. So very, very shortly will it be out. Uh, mm-hmm. I am really excited for this. I yeah. still, I enjoy that this is like a more standard metalcore with more of like mm-hmm. a clean vocal chorus. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed it. Like, look, it, it follows the formula. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. I love the heavy. I love the clean. I just feel like it's going to fit on the album. Yeah. Similar to a couple of albums that we were listened to this week where like the clean the quieter the calmer songs really blended well with the heavier songs. And I think that's what's going to happen on this album. So, I think I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this album based on just the singles that we've listened to. Um yeah. <laughs> I I I had a decent time with this. It's like you said, it's it's a pretty standard metalcore metalcore formula, and I think that might be why it didn't leave too much of an impact on me. Yeah, but like it's a it's a solid song. It's a fine song. Like, and admittedly, I, I you know I think this is one of the first times I've even listened to anything from Barry Tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> I um the first song I've listened to from Barry Tomorrow. So I don't know. Uh, it was it was you know it was fine. It was good. Like, I don't have much else to say about it. I I wish I had listened to Barry Tomorrow back in, like, 2020 with their previous vocalist. Um, uh, yeah, they with, had uh, a, Cannibal. Yeah, for Cannibal. Um, I think they've gone through, like, two or three vocalists at this point. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but this vocalist honestly sounds really, really good, and it fits. Um, I just think that, like, their sound is still the exact same as it should be. Um, I just don't <laughs> think there's been a single that's like struck me as like okay, this is song of the year contender. Like uh, Doom Switch right. last year was like easy song of the song of the year contender, right? Uh, for make them suffer. Sorry, we didn't give context there. Um, let's talk about Magnolia Park and their song da, 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 Face Down. Face Down. This is. I don't remember if this is part of a new album yet. I don't. It, if oh, anything, it's gonna be a deluxe. Baku's Revenge Deluxe, April fourteenth. Uh, oh, they had the album last year. Yeah, ba- yeah. Baku's Revenge was last year because I, I we listened to I listened to that as part of like the twenty twenty two. Oh, run. that's right. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think you quite made it. It was like late, a bit later in the year. I, I just realized they have eight hundred eighty nine thousand monthly listeners. Yeah, uh, and it's twenty three minutes with eleven songs. Yeah, it's pretty quick. Where is it? In the middle of a recording, my cat decides to puke on the freshly washed blanket, as expected. So, I will be right back. Parker can talk about if he likes Magnolia Park or not. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to just run through all the singles while while you're doing that, or... 
like I, I I drop my opinions on them and you yes and then I'll talk about mine okay cool so the this Magnolia Park single um I wasn't huge on their on their album from last year um if I could fucking find it in the goddamn dock um there it is it was uh November 4th that's what it was um and it was you know it it came off as pretty pretty basic like punk rock to me like pop punk like pop punk punk rock type of type of thing and i w- i wasn't huge on it and i'm kind of the same on this too you know it being a it being a deluxe edition song makes a lot of sense because it sounds like it could be off of Bakker's revenge and that's kind of just it's kind of just there for me um you know like solid like five out of ten vibes <laughs> like so no, nothing nothing super special to me at least personally um but it, it you know if like a, a punk rock sound like that is your thing like definitely go check it out because it's you know it's it it's if you like magnolia park already you're gonna like it if you don't like magnolia park you're probably not gonna like it um i am back welcome back that was a very quick uh yep nice i Um, uh i agree with the magnolia park stuff yeah i i thought it was like it wasn't bad it wasn't anything like spectacular but it was like still good for what it was it wasn't like yeah terrible pop punk that like i've heard in the last few weeks <laughs> i remember the their stuff off of the the album being a bit more like abrasive than some standard pop punk which i think will will probably help it on a re-listen when i go back to it but on on an, on an initial i was kind of just like eh. eh yeah it's fine um the next one we have the ongoing concept with feel again not to be confused with begin again that we just talked about um <laughs> the this one's cool i i i enjoyed this one um the ongoing concept have a nice have a nice um i guess uh theme going where, where basically all of the members of the band contribute vocals at some point throughout their songs mm. um, so like all the or sometimes even the drummer for for five will will participate in vocals and i think it, it it's it's a cool it's a cool idea and yeah. I, they they're sort of their sounds tends to revolve around like kind of sounds like a hybrid like metal like prog rock type of mm-hmm. type of type of vibes and i i enjoyed this song um a decent bit it, i didn't mind it Whoever else thought like the really high pitched vocals around like the three quarter mark, I really mm-hmm. didn't like your vocals. I'm sorry. I didn't, really, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I just look. I'm a fan of the high vocals. That was like ear piercing. I didn't like it. Um, respectfully, uh, it like that was the only part that I was like, oh, okay, we can move on from this song. Uh, mm-hmm. but otherwise, it was still a good song. Like that's a really cool idea that like all of the members yeah. contribute vocals at some point so you have a yeah. one in five chance of getting right of who's singing at the moment <laughs> yeah. i did also learn that three of the members are brothers oh. the guitarist the, the 
the the keyboardist and the drummer are all brothers so okay i mean hey your whole family's talented you might as well get them all in exactly um this is also their first the this is also leading up to their album that's also releasing releasing on march 31st oh um do we have it in the doc oh we do have it in the doc okay simply titled again um the the other single i'd listened to this was um prisoner again and i i have i was vibing with prisoner again too so um i'm looking forward to it um <clears throat> i wasn't this the, the song is not live the single feel again isn't like mind-blowing but it's good i i enjoyed myself with it yeah we have the next song being atreyu and their song watch me burn and i believe their last album was 2021 if i'm not mistaken uh, let me it. confirm. Find out. Yeah, baptize. Yeah. Um, I thought it was like the most standard good rock song formula, mm-hmm. and I don't. I so back in the younger Evan days, I enjoyed a lot of rock. I enjoyed a lot of uh. Like Slipknot era metal, um, and I I searched out rock, I searched out hard rock, I searched out heavy metal, and I found my stuff I liked. And Atreyu probably would have been one of those bands. Um, now that I have experienced a lot of different bands, rock, like this Atreyu rock, is very just mid to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's not what i'm looking for it's still a good song you put it on i won't skip it because it's still a good song but i won't remember much from it because it's not from a band that's ever really fully interested me enough to like continue listening to them um right so for me i thought it was good just nothing spectacular and i didn't hate it Mm -hmm. i actually i I wasn't expecting to really enjoy this. I actually enjoyed this quite a good bit. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. That um, is un- that was the, probably the most unexpected thing that will be said today. Probably. From you. Um No, I actually I it's very basic. It's <laughs> it's pretty cliche. But the mel- like the melody on the chorus is I just really enjoyed it. Um like the yeah it's just it's just an enjoyable song to me like it uh, a lot of the times like every once in a while i'll find a song that like one specific part catches me and i'll listen to a song solely for that part or like something just clicks really like a song one single song just clicks really well i feel like this is this is a little bit of that at least yeah so okay um, yeah i like it that that is surprising honestly mm-hmm. but you know what that's good i'm really glad that you just didn't be like yeah this sucks period this, sucks. <laughs> um, this is mid five out of ten like... <laughs> My, mine is more like this is like a seven out of ten if anything okay like it's so good just right. not a thing that's like gonna break my soul in half because right it's like the most revolutionary rock song to date or something. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I'm probably at like a seven and a half to an eight. Okay. Comparatively. If you're in a um, like... 
We have a single that I'm just going to tell you right now I didn't like at all. Uh, it's oh, Avenged Sevenfold and their song Nobody. Um, look, <laughs> I don't care what you say. I don't care if you call me an old school fan that doesn't want to move on. Fuck you. Their first <laughs> few albums were great. And then they moved to the hard rock sounds that they have. And look, Hail to the King is great. Hail the King is really good. Uh, but City of Evil, Nightmare, um, whatever fucking else, uh, Waking the Fallen, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, like, the original sound, up until uh, till Nightmare. So, so good. And then they fell off except for Hail to the King. Everything else has been mid since I followed the band. I've just never enjoyed most of the songs. Um... It, and this is one of those ones that it's not going to interest me. It's mm. inter it's a cool idea, but it just doesn't leave any impact on me whatsoever. Uh, probably yeah. my least favorite single of the week. Oh, definitely. Yeah, same same for me. This one this one's really weird, um, and not in like not so much in a way that like an album that we'll talk about a bit later is and not not in a good way this one i was basically confused from the get-go oh yeah same here and the fact that it's six minutes didn't help didn't answer any of my questions didn't help anything um which it's almost a six minute fucking song unnecessary <laughs> um, yeah um, like look uh nightmare backcountry i'm trying to think of other uh I think of other singles I, or other other songs I remember. Uh, oh my god, I'm trying to remember. There's some really good ones from the early days that I absolutely love. Uh, look, Avenged Sevenfold, I'm adding them to the document because I really do enjoy those early albums. Mm -hmm. I remember really enjoying it, and they are some of, like, in my opinion, some of the coolest metal from back in those days. Um mm -hmm everybody knows it so yeah uh, the, the well with this and with this song it was like it it started out there like i don't know if it was a guitar or something like that but it was like a really like very front push like front push the front like droning guitar sound yeah that like throughout the verses and then there was like a trumpet or a horn or yeah. something in the in the chorus and the drums were weird, and I just, I, I don't like it. <laughs> and, like, the vocals weren't interesting, and it's just kind of there, and it's kind of unfortunate that I, you know, because I see Avenged Sevenfold having their name thrown around all the time. Yep. In terms of, like, legendary metalcore acts, and then to have this be my first experience of that is unfortunate. Yeah, this is probably the worst experience you could get. Yeah. Like it look, if anything, just give you Nightmare or Backcountry or Hell to the King and you will get the experience that you should deserve from them. Yeah. Um I've wanted to check out Event Sevenfold for a while and I just haven't gotten to it. Um I'm playing to end to the dock. I know I say that like we we add too much, but this is genuinely one of those bands that's like the iconic band that you just know. Mm -hmm. Like the back of your hands. Um yeah. Lastly, we have a single from Enda Venera, 
or end of an era. <laughs> uh, they are actually eight bands uh, from one of my YouTubers that I watch, Big Nasty. Um, he also runs a podcast called The Goons. Uh, and I absolutely love him. His personality is so fucking funny. Um, he really enjoys metal as much as I do. Um, he found Paxton, the vocalist, on TikTok. He asked him to start the most epic deathcore band in all of existence. Um, uh, McNasty was also colleagues with the lead member of Brojob, Andrew Zink, as he had him make his long-standing YouTube outro. And upon the band's discovery, uh, McNasty inquired Andrew about the band, and he reluctantly agreed. <laughs> um, I like and, they say reluctantly for the other two members of the band. Yep. Um, and what McNasty described this as in his most recent video, in one of his most recent videos, was that it was a Lorna Shore-esque type of deathcore bands. Um, and they released their first single, Death's Calling. And I completely agree. This is exactly what I expected from a band who is inspired by Lorna Shore. Um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, basically, it sounds like it's if Lorna Shore just changed vocalists ever so slightly, and uh, this is what the product was. Um, I thought it was really good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I say if they're specifically citing Lorna Shore as as influences, then that's. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense because I was listening to this and I said this sounds like Lorna Shore. Um, the ending sounds like they were trying to do Into the Hellfire. Yep. Uh, just without the the pig squeals. Yep. And that's probably why I'm really not that big of a fan of it. Yep, I expected that as so as much no. as like you saying that a certain album this year this today is your favorite album of all time. Yeah. It's like it. It's. I don't know. It just doesn't ever sound. Yeah, like it doesn't the, click the for you. Shore sound never really sounds very interesting to me, outside of select few songs. Um, and I think this falls into the other part of that. <laughs> yeah, where it's just it sounds like Lorna Shore, and I already don't really care for Lorna Shore, so I'm not really gonna like it unfortunately yeah i um i'm excited to keep following this band because well mm. i watch him on youtube all the time and i listen to him yeah. literally make the most fucking shitty ass co- jokes that shouldn't ever work but do <laughs> and yeah, yeah hearing... and, that's a, and obviously me saying that isn't a shot at the band yeah i was having just started up and everything like that that's just my personal taste of yeah I don't no, really but... sound Look, if we're if we're following a band for years and then they release the most disappointing album of all time, then we can shit talk, shit talk them. Yeah, but if yeah, it's a band that like we're just genuinely not interested in because like the style itself is not our taste, yeah. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are our singles, and now we're gonna talk for probably about two hours on the albums because Parker's probably gonna go for an hour on specifically one of them. We're gonna I, save that I could talk bit. for a good solid bit on one of these, which you, if you, you probably already know what it is if you're yes. listening to this. But you know exactly what it is. Um, yeah, we're gonna we start with something that, that we're both kind of. Last, or do we want to? We What's do? up? Do we want to save? Do we want to save that one for last? We're going in order. Just going in order. Okay. However, I, I'm gonna. So in the in the album ranking document. 
I'm jumping to our last one. Then we're going to go to the first one. I want to get okay. the last one out of the way. Okay. The most recent edition. So mm-hmm. there's a band that... Uh, you that might have blew, heard of them. <laughs> uh, you may have heard of them. Called 100 Gex. They have an album <laughs> that they just released called 10,000 Gex. There's, that's so many Gex. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so... <laughs> I never heard of heard of hyperpop before, and <sighs> Parker and I actually talked about these some of these albums beforehand, and I I explained my ideas with this. Look, frogs on the floor is a is a frog on the floor is the funniest song I've heard to fucking date. It is one of the it's most so brain cell losing songs to ever exist, but it is so comically funny that I actually had to give it a like on Spotify. But every other song, to me, is shit. I'm sorry to say, it's not my style. I hate it. I don't like this genre. Uh, I've been on a tear of albums recently of genres I don't like. Um, yeah. We've been going through 2022 and just finding out al- like genres that I don't like. I don't like noise rock. I don't like grindcore. I don't like hyperpop. I don't you like... like sludge metal. <laughs> uh, what? You don't like sludge metal. What? The the mis- sludge metal. Oh, sludge metal. Yes, sludge metal. Sludge uh, metal. atmospheric metal. Uh, oh, you didn't like that. You didn't like that Blood Os Nord record. Oh God, no. Uh, Blood Os Nord. Let's see. Where was that in the document? Uh, where is it? Trying to find it. Trying to find it. Anyway, we're. I'm really going through a tear, and I am sorry to all these bands that are trying their best to make good albums. It just... Oh, yeah, you didn't, you didn't really like that all that well. <laughs> Where... I, I just can't find it. It's a... You get a four. <laughs> yes. Uh, that... I couldn't get through, like, three tracks. That's I don't even remember anything about it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Sludge metal. Uh, atmospheric metal. J- uh, screamo. Some some screamo is fine. Depends on yeah. what it is. Um, indie in general, indie folk, I would say, with uh, Big Thief. Mm-hmm. Hardcore overall just isn't my genre either. Uh, hyperpop adds to that, and so for me, <laughs> Darknet was or uh, not Darknet. Holy shit! Uh, Hundred Gex, but Hundred Gex was for me terrible um frog on the floor was the only good song on it because it was so fucking stupid and the concept of it was really funny it feels like i'm listening to like a youtube video with their like dark humor shit jokes um (laughs) or i would feel like hear like an alex jones turn the frogs gay in the middle of it i'm a fucking frogs gay exactly um anyway i hated it i didn't like (laughs) it um i'm gonna be honest i don't understand why people like this in any regard it doesn't make sense to me. So it's one of those, I think it's one of those that where either you love it or you hate it. And I fall into that range of you. I hate it so much. Mm -hmm. I cannot listen to this. I don't want to listen to this again. Look, there are a few others this year that I would rather listen to. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is one that I did rate lower. I wish I would have changed it ever so slightly because I would rather listen to that over this any day of the week. 
Actually, right, no, yeah, I'm going to change that. Swap those ratings. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're going to really quick. Uh, we just made one change. Um, Paramore is now a three for me instead of a two uh, because I would rather listen to that over Zulu from a few weeks ago and over 100 Gex. 100%. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my rant. This album is probably my least favorite so far this year. Uh, yeah, so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, so, you know, if you, if knowing a hundred decks at all, um, that basically their entire brand is about taking various aspects, various genres of music and pushing it to be as fucking hyperbolic and weird as possible. And, you know, la- last, um, their last record, a thousand gecks. Um, I think mainly went for like that hyper pop sound as we were talking about. Um, and this one, this one leans more into like pop punk, like um, like pop punk rock type of like like post almost like post hardcore type of vibes, but like hyper pop punk and hyper rock or whatever you know whatever you want to call it um and it's it's so purposefully weird and stretched to the the extreme that i actually kind of like it still it i i kind of i'm kind of in the middle on this a little bit um which they're much so the oddball case yeah there, there are some songs here that legitimately like go that are actually like honestly really good. Um, Dumbest Girl Alive is pretty is pretty fun. Um, Frog on the Floor, as talked about, is just a, a perfect song um, in all facets, um, <laughs> lyrically, vocally, instrumentally. Um, I hate you. Just perfect in in about every way. Yeah, um, I hate you. No, I, are you gonna are you gonna deny me? Are you gonna say no? I hate you. Shut the fuck up. Look, um, Samurai Pizza Cast released a song just a few weeks ago that was so much better than that. Th- no. No. Yes. Nothing nothing beats Frog on the Floor. Uh hello, Techno Train. I don't Techno Train does not hold a candle to Frog on the Floor. I'm sorry. Choo 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 breakdown is fun. But does that beat the lyrical miracle that is Frog on the Floor? Where'd he come from? Nobody knows where he'll go. What? 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 To, ha, ha, hold up! Hold up! Frog on the floor. Where How do I kick from? you out of this call? You know, here, mute. There we go. All right, now we don't have to listen to him. All right. So, um, anyway, yeah. So, hundred gex is just kind of, you know, whatever. Um, he has called me a fucking bitch and a hoe. Uh, anyway, so I guess we'll unmute him now. I'm going to drive down to Connecticut and put a frog on your floor. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> anyway, um, um, keep going, I guess. Yeah. Well, and then he got on his front legs and did a keg stand. Wow, that's so cool. I wish I was there so I could see it. Just a, a lyrical masterpiece of our generation, like. But no, seriously, I, I I like the song a lot, uh, just for how goofy it is. You have the ribbits in the background; it's great. Um, Doritos and Fritos is 
uh, about on the same level lyrically, but it just it's it's so catchy that I I can't help but but vibe with it. Um, Billy knows Jamie is actually a an interestingly written song. I I think um, as well. It it just like it's talking about this guy that is <laughs> they're basically trying to get some guy named Jamie to not fucking kill them. And I, I don't know. It Billy knows Jamie is is, is actually I, I think really interesting. Um, past that, I think probably my least favorite was um, I don't remember if it was one million dollars or the most wanted person in the United States, but there was one song where the the guitars were so distorted and beefed up that it like it they made it clip on purpose, and that was the point where I was kind of like okay. <laughs> Um, they, all right, I, I think I think we're good. Um, but overall, I actually had a had a decent time with this. So, yeah. Also, just just so that we clear the floor on this, we both talk to each other all the time outside of the podcast, and we both enjoy just shit talking each other on the podcast every second. Yes, and we get along really well. Yes, me calling him a fucking bitch is the is most normal thing any, possible. In any way indicative of how our relationship is. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, if we actually had like a falling out, it would be over like some genuine like political argument that we have. But I would never do that because I wouldn't have that discussion. I don't talk politics, so exactly. So anyway, <laughs> I don't um, follow politics. So <laughs> let's talk about another album that I think both of us are actually in agreement on. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about All Time Low and their album, Tell Me I'm Alive. Uh, this is their, I, I actually didn't do all the research I should have. Eighth album or something like that. It, Eighth album? I don't know, uh, maybe more, honestly. They've been around since like, yeah. early, early 2000s. It is 13 songs, 41 minutes and two seconds. Uh, and it is their follow-up to their... 2020 album wake up sunshine which based on just popular releases is very popular i will start this with that there's a few moments when this is not just catchy standard formula pop punk and that is calm down the sound of letting go and new religion featuring teddy swims out of those three songs they're, I mean, sorry, all three of those songs are really good. The rest of the album is the most generic pop punk. It felt like a record company just said, Googled how to make a pop punk song, and they found the lyricism and said, okay, here here you go, All Time Low. Here, just make an album that's safe rather than actually, like, risky because you're a very popular band, and if you make the same catchy shit, it will be better every time. Or make the same amount of like waves that every album does. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's what it feels like. Um, I thought it was okay. Like, I'm not gonna hate on like the standard formula that much. There were a few moments, but like, mm-hmm. it's just this is an, this is a band eight albums in, and Meet Me at the Altar nearly made an album that was better than All Time Low, in my opinion. 
And it's their first album. It's their debut album. They have an EP under their belt. And they are three girls who made... the three women who made a better album nearly than a band that's been around for 20-something years, which is kind of fun, fu- fucking funny uh, <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, All Time Low. You can make something different a little bit. It's like, why do you have to follow the same generic, boring-ass formula? Yeah, I. that's kind of... that. That's a little bit of where I fall into. So I... When I... I feel very strongly in my indifference towards this album, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, I, so I really like, I really enjoy Wake Up Sunshine. That was their 2020 album. This is, it was the first project I had heard from them. Really enjoyed it. Um, Cuts like Sleeping In, Getaway Green, Trouble Is, obviously Monsters was huge. Also a banger song, Glitter and Crimson, all bangers. Um, no, you know, once again, not anything super mind blowing, but it was it had this upbeat energy and lyricism that I I think clicked with me really well. Um, and I think this is a a, a big step back from that. Um, I don't remember what I scored. Wake up, sunshine! But this is this is significantly lower than that. Uh, um, I'll look for like you. you said, like you said, this has you know this has its moments. Um, for me, the lead single "Sleepwalking" is one of those moments. I love that song, um, and I think it's one of the the hints of "Wake Up Sunshine" that's in this album. Um, you gave like "Wake Up Sunshine" a seven point six. Seventy six. Okay, cool. Um, the yeah, "Sleepwalking" is I I think a, a hint of "Wake Up Sunshine" in here, like the synth. The, there's like some cool synths on it. I love the the melody, the the melody in the chorus. Um, I think new, uh, like like Evan said, new religion. I think is absolutely a highlight on here. It's super cheesy, but it has the energy and the and the just the sheer hookiness to to keep it afloat, and I love it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed parts of Are You There because they sounded like Melancholy Kaleidoscope, which is a song off their last record that I, I enjoyed a good bit. Um, like the beat and the verses basically sounds like Melancholy Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Um, and then also um, English Blood and American Heartache. I actually enjoyed a good bit. I hated that song. <laughs> you hated that? I fucking hate you. Yeah. Um, um... One of the things about this album that I actually enjoyed quite a bit that I'll never say about another album, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say this too loud either. Uh, I really enjoyed the slight country style or feel of this album, especially with the Teddy Swims feature. Um, really? So, I am not a country person. I am not a fan of country. I think it's probably my least favorite genre. Uh, I think Grindcore is going to reach that soon. Um, But country in general has never clicked for me. There's been a few here and there that like, okay, country rock, country pop. Sure, it works. Like the radio style ones. But nothing like true country that you should like, that you hear the stupid songs about. There was a song 
where a guy literally got a divorce with his wife because he would rather go fish than be with his wife. Um, I remember hearing about a song from that. Uh, it was the fucking stupidest song I've ever, ever even Women fear to. me, fish love me. And I listened to it when I was 10. And that, that I it's, still remember it. <laughs> so this was 17 years ago. Anyway, the Teddy Swims feature was actually so good. And I really enjoyed the like overall country feel of it. And it really worked. Like, I don't know, just I guess the atmosphere felt very like country-esque um i I just really like that song it's interesting that you say country because i don't think i i don't really hear country vibes in this at all i I heard it a little bit um but yeah so i can't say it too loud because my mom will have a heart attack because she loves country and i hate country so anytime that like if she hears that she's gonna put you on all the country so like uh kenny chesney uh I'm trying to think of other country artists. I can't think of as, but like she's put it on for me before. I'm like, mom, turn it off. Mom, turn it off. Mom, turn it off, please. Country metal? Country metal? Hey, if, <laughs> look, if there's a country metal artist out there that's listening to this podcast somehow, honestly, hook us up. I'm, I'm, maybe you know I'll I'm like gonna, it or maybe I'll hate it. I'm going to see if metal country is even a thing. Um. So yeah, honestly... Look, this this album is not going to break bones. Uh, for me, like, look, Real Friends was very generic and very standard formula. But it was so fucking catchy that I really enjoyed it. Uh, try to think of... We haven't listened to much pop punk. Uh, Story of the Year, pop punk. Uh, that was just, like, very emo-esque lyricism. And a little hint at metal. Um, and it kind of worked. And yeah, just like this did not work for me. And it more worked for Parker than it did for me. But the moments, the one or two moments that it does step out of that pop punk area kind of shines more than the rest of the album. Like it shines a light over everything else. Have you found country metal? I I haven't found any Okay. We'll have to do research um, later. I haven't found any like artists that are specifically like Country Metal. So um any upcoming artists. Oh wait, Rebel Meets Rebel. Rebel Meets Rebel is a heavy metal slash country crossover project with David Allen Coe on vocals and Pantera musicians Dimebag Daryl on guitar. It, it Put that in the document, hello. I I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Fuck it, do it. Either we'll hate it or we'll love it, or we'll just be indifferent about it. Look, it we've we've got so much shit in this document. Okay, the project resulted in the self-titled album. Oh, and Rex Brown, uh, Dimebag Daryl on guitar, Vinnie Paul on drums, and Rex Brown on bass. The project resulted in, in the self-titled al- self-titled album Rebel Meets Rebel. The music was written and recorded by the band when the musicians had time aside from their other projects, including Pantera's world tour, supporting Reinventing the Steel. The album was released on May 2nd, 2006, under Vinnie Paul's own label, Big Vin Records. Oh, Post wait, this was 2006 Country Metal? Or it is rumored that several tracks recorded with Pantera singer Phil Anselmo did not make it on the record due to the fallout between Vinnie Paul and Phil Anselmo. Oh, fuck this. Never mind. So no one's ever done it. Cool. Uh, so Country Metal, well, if you it, do no, it... So it, it's happened. It's just, it's a it's a side project of Pantera, basically. Okay, uh, okay so long story short, bands out there, 
If you do country metal, do it good. Uh, actually, funny enough, we do have a little bit of country metal to talk about in a little bit. Oh, yeah, real quick, before we move on to, to other stuff, I just wanted to talk about the single selection on all-time low. It was, it was fucking horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It was horrible. Leapwalking, great. Excellent single. Excellent for a lead single. Tell Me I'm, Tell me I'm Alive and Modern Love are some of the worst cuts here. Genuinely. I don't remember them. Exactly. I, I didn't they're, like they're any of them. <laughs> um, like, stupid cheesy lyricism on both of these songs. Yeah, I like, don't I, remember... I don't understand, um... Like, why you wouldn't... Like, especially if you have a feature. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to re- release New Religion with Teddy Swims. Yeah, I don't understand why bands just it's don't... Both, it's, both a, it's both a banger... I, at least to me, it's both a banger song. It, it's it's significantly better than either of the two singles. Th- this was a record choice rather than a... Uh, uh, like, an actual, like, hey, here's a feature that's really cool and people would like yeah. it. But it mm-hmm. wouldn't sell much. So, um, yeah. So, all time low. Meh. I, yeah. I gave it a 5.8. Yeah. I wasn't much higher. <laughs> yeah, you were a 6.1. So, let's talk about an album that we're both a little bit higher on. Uh, we'll talk about Chelsea Grit, their album Suffering Heaven, the second half of their Suffering Hell, Suffering Heaven combo album. That released back in November of last year and finished today uh, on March 17th. This is eight songs and 26 minutes. Uh, it's actually, I think, a few seconds longer than their last, the first half of the album, which is eight songs and 26 minutes and some seconds. Uh, 26 minutes, I can tell you that. Um... Parker, you're starting us off on this one because I started the last one off. Suffer in Heaven is uh, 24 seconds longer than Suffer in Hell. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you probably have more to say about this than I do. Um, it is solid. It is solidly good. Chelsea Grin Deathcore. Obviously, Tom Barber is great. There are a couple of cool cuts here. Um, oh, I um, wrong. I'm gonna jump in. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. There is a feature on Orc March. From the band Filth. I just noticed this. I just saw that. Like, was I, that even I, Mark when we listened when I listened to it? I don't think that was no. Mark to it. Um that's interesting. Okay. Um now I see why I said that about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue, sorry. Anyways, yeah. Um, you know, there are a couple of cool cuts here. Sing to the Grave is a night is a cool as a single. Um I really I liked um I think there was a the fa- both the singles are great Fathomless Mall I, lo- I really liked there was like a solo halfway through that I thought was sick Yorn the Giant was probably my favorite of the non singles mm-hmm. um from what I remember but it you know it's very standard Chelsea Grin deathcore obviously Tom Barber is a great vocalist and he continues to do great things and I don't have much to say other than that it's just good deathcore. Unfortunately, yeah. there's nothing super exceptional here. There's nothing bad here. If yeah. you like, if you like Chelsea Grin and you like Deathcore, you will probably like this. If you don't like it and you don't like Chelsea Grin, you know it's not going to change your mind. <laughs> yeah. So, um, give me just one second.
God fucking damn it. So, so slow. What are you doing? Oh. Can't believe this. Holding up the podcast. Yeah, That's I know. Great. Sorry. I love Chelsea Grin. I love Darko US. Yeah. Tom Barber, please marry us once again. <laughs> um, This album is insanely, insanely good. Um, I absolutely love the second half of this. I want to listen to Suffering Hell, Suffering Heaven together at once. I would love to see what the 16 song, 52 minute, roughly 53 minute experience would be with that. Um, and I think that this is really, really good. Um, Leave With Us was a really, really cool introduction to the album itself. Um, and then Orc March just leaves me... Okay, so very few... So usually I do Stank Face when it comes to like heavy, heavy songs. Brandon Sacrifice, Chelsea Grin, um, Lorna Shore, etc. Stank Face. Uh, genuinely, Orc March left me with a dropped jaw, like shocked face uh, the first time I listened to it. It was at like seven ten in the morning, and I listened to it, and I just, just sat there, just going, like, oh shit, and I could not comprehend how insane that song was. Look, I get the whole, it's Lorna Shore because they do the ending thing of a bobber. I don't give a shit. It was fucking disgusting, and the feature from Filth. Okay, that song is just even crazier now. Um. It is my favorite. It doesn't even sound like Lorna Shore. They sound very. The the ending of Orc March specifically. Well, like the end, like just like that fact that like it's a crazy breakdown ending. Well, right, but that's trying to like. That's also Chelsea Grant's thing too. That's a broader deathcore thing than just yeah. Like Lorna Um, Shore. Orc March, honestly, my favorite of all of the non-singles. I wish it had been a single. It would have been so fucking disgusting. I would have played it nonstop. Uh, Fathomless Maw, great single. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Soul Slave, really, really cool. Short, but it copies the concept of, like, the wolf being really quick and really simple from their 2018 album, Eternal Nightmare. Uh, The Mind of God, I actually really enjoyed that. Um, just for context, Soul Slave is probably my least favorite of all the non-singles, but it's still really, really good, and they're, like... When I say least favorite, it still means it's really fucking good and better than most of the deathcore I heard even just last year. Um, You're in the Giant, really cool, really just in general. Um, what One thing that they talked about with uh, their last album, uh, Suffering Hell, when they had the Forever Bloom featuring Trevor Strand from uh, Bl- the Black Dahlia Murder, Rest in Peace, um, they talked about how he introduced the idea of incorporating fantasy genre ideas into albums to add more variety to the album itself and they showed that on the last album with a few of the songs um with some like the like general mood of the album itself and some of the uh instrument instrumentation in this album they took all of the fancy ideas and put them into lyricism and the uh, song titles as well, Orc March, Fathomless Maw, The Mind of God, You're in the Giant, um, just in general, like, there's a, there's a concept here that you can see slowly start to form through the two albums, um, I haven't figured it out yet, mainly because I can't understand 
half of what Tom Barber says because <laughs> it's Death Corps. Like there's lyrics on Spotify or something like that. You have to go to that. It's probably yeah. on Genius. So, um, You're the Giant, it really, like, exemplifies that. Um, Sing to the Grave, I love that single. I really enjoyed it. And The Path of Suffering was a really nice ending to it. Um, Personally, I think that Soul Slave is a little bit worse than Path of Suffering, but those two are my least favorite on it. But here's the thing. I could fucking listen to this at any point. I I unironically listened to it four times this weekend because it was 26 minutes. Like, last week we had Periphery, which was 70 minutes, and I got through it once because it genuinely is like a trip and a half to go through that. Um, My drive to work is 45 minutes. I could put this on with a few other songs and call it a day. I could put on any of the other albums and listen to almost all of them by the end of it, except uh, one this week, which was like 55 minutes. Um, But no, Chelsea Grant easily going to be in top 15 contention, if not top 10, Um, I think. Let me look at what my year-end says. Uh, By score alone, Chelsea Grant was number 12, and I put them at my number 10. Because that's exactly where I would expect it. If they had released this as like a 16-song uh, full album, I don't think I would have gotten the same experience. And I think that I would have rated it lower by that point because I would have been like, okay, we've heard a lot of this. We heard this in the previous one. Yeah, but I haven't yet to do the full suffer and hell, suffer and heaven full experience. But this was a really cool concept to say. Here are two halves of an album. Also, the album artwork is really cool, and also that ass. Um, it I, it is one of my favorite artworks. I think I've seen having the and, and you know having yeah. them basically be able to be combined from yeah. two is nice. uh, the album artwork this week is really cool uh there there is a lot of good cover art this week actually yeah by the way when we do um when we do end of the year stuff we gotta do a singles of the year eps of the year albums of the year and also album covers of the year yes we we gotta do all of that because (laughs) there's one this week that honestly for me is probably gonna be like easy winner Mm -hmm. it's it's your favorite so yeah <laughs> let's talk about uh we're gonna jump we're done bitch <laughs> fine i mean no we, we can talk about it at the end i'm good with that okay we fine. can do that i'm just you're 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 lying you're a liar let's talk about gideon and their album more power more pain this is gideon's i i don't remember uh, it is their X album. It is X number of albums. One, two, three, four, five, sixth album. It is fourteen songs and forty-six minutes and ten seconds long. And you know this is the follow-up. This, this is the follow-up. The country metal we were looking for. <laughs> yeah, this is the follow-up no, to Twenty Nineteen's Out of Control, uh, which I did listen to and I remember enjoying back in the day. Uh, for me. I had so much fun with this. Uh, and I wish I had a cowboy hat to wear with this. Uh, because I really enjoyed the conceptual nature of this whole thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, 
I had a blast with this. This is exactly what I expected from Gideon because the singles gave us a taste and then the album was exactly that. Um, Yes, Gideon follows a formula. Yes, it's very safe overall. It fucking hits every single time. It is Southern hardcore metalcore that just works. And I had a blast with it. Um, I really enjoy all of the audio samples too. I believe, if I remember hearing correctly, that it is from a country singer interview about just... I mean, if you listen to the album, you can kind of get the idea that, like, this country singer starts believing that he should follow in his father's footsteps and then realizes he can't make any choices himself and starts to get out of that zone but can't get out of that mindset and is goes through a lot of suffering and pain to finally break free of that. Um, there's a whole interview in it throughout the whole entire album, and it makes for such an extra addition to an album that I probably would have rated like a seven uh, had those audio samples not been there. The audio really adds usually usually bands just add an audio sample and they just go with it. Yeah, no, this this just like or like they add a sample and they just move on from it. This adds audio samples to nearly every track, or at least an like interlude track that really blends in with the album itself and like adds to the experience. Also, this is some of the chunkiest shit I've heard all year. Uh, you either are like slow headbanging, fast headbanging, bumping along, moving your head, everything. Uh, it's such an enjoyable time for me, and. Mm-hmm. I had an absolute blast with it. So that's good. I want to point out uh, the singles are good. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch Out of Heaven is a really cool, interesting idea for like something that's like a little bit odd in comparison to the actual formula itself. Um, I really liked the second half. If you love me, let me go. Uh, I will carry you back to basics. I. Uh, the final nail, which is disgusting. Um, the second half was really, really nice. Nice. The so. Where do I start with this? I I, I guess I'll start by saying that I'm not as big on this as you are, as I'm sure you probably, as I'm sure you probably guessed. Um, I don't know if you. I'm assuming you've seen my rating at this point. I have but, seen it. Yeah. Um, this, it, it's very, it's very, like, basic, standard, like, chuggy death metal. Or not death metal, metalcore. Um, and that's obvious, that's obviously not a bad thing. I just don't think it clicks with me really all that well. Um, some of these songs sound kind of empty outside of, like, the, the chugging. Um, like there's not really a, there, I I can't really think of many times that there was like a a riff. And obviously, I got no issue with chugs. I like chugs, and th- this album is certainly you know headbangable. You can certainly move to this. Um, but I I for something this just doesn't really kind of click with me with this. Um, I will say that I did I 
did I do think that the the samples you were talking about do add to this. I do actually um agree on that on that part. Um I don't know if they boost it up as much as they do for you for me, but I, I do think that they, they add something. They certainly don't take away, at least. Um, yeah. So but you know oftentimes it's, it's, um it's... I, I think of like the um like uh, I didn't mention it, but Chelsea Grin has a few audio samples as well that honestly actually add to the experience itself. Um like they don't take away from it. Uh, they mm-hmm. just add like some like context to the songs themselves, or they like distort them enough to be like very, very mysterious and odd. Um, and I think that like those add to it as well. I'm trying to think of another album that did like a few audio, like one or two audio samples in a song, and just like it was like okay, that's great, but like it, I think the biggest thing about it is that like if you're gonna include an audio sample, do it once and move on. Or do it entirely through an album and make a story out of it. Or do, like, one interview mm. that, like, really discusses the concept of this album. Um, also, I love that this is, like, semi, like, it, like, here's the thing. This is, like, gym power metal that yeah. I, I could go to the gym and feel like I'm going to be fucking Superman in there. With this, this is album. definitely work on metal. Like, um, I love that about this. And out of all the listens this week, this is the album. Like, if I was running a marathon, you put this on, I'd be sprinting my ass off for the whole entire forty-six minutes. I don't care. I'd break my bones. I don't care. I, I just would have a blast with this. Um, obviously, I also I wanna say, sorry. Go I ahead. also want to say that the, the town they are from is Tuscaloosa, and I just think that's fun to say. Tuscaloosa. That's all I have yeah. to add. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah, this is the, basically the southern metal that we were looking for um, yeah. to, like, investigate. I think this is as much of, like, southern metal as you can get. This is, um, this is, I think this is the closest where you're going to get to country metal. <laughs> and this is, like, the embodiment, like, the true embodiment of it. Because mm-hmm. I think the album artwork is literally... No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking it was, but it's very clearly, like, a devil... Yeah. Um, but uh in the music videos they also have like a country like the lead singer has a country hat on and it just kind of fits <laughs> yeah it just feels it like i should get a country hat. hat if they um if they ever sold the country hats for this band 100 percent, i would buy one <laughs> actually that would be sick like that would be yeah, sick as hell Gideon, having everyone with a country Gideon hat on hats. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so gideon in general it was a good time. Uh, let's talk about Camelot and their album, The Awakening. This is... I have to do the count. Tenth album or some shit. Like, no, it's more. more than that. It's more. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteenth album. And so Parker's going to start talking about it, and then I will be back in just a minute. Okay. So the the most... Symphonic metal is not my type of shit. It's just not. 
so I, I want to start off the the my my sort of segment of this by saying that the most impactful thing for me about the about this album was that I looked down at their Spotify bio, and I don't know who's seen the 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 meme of the guy of the guy sticking up four fingers at the camera and he's like colored in like beast boy from teen titans i don't but that's the vibe i get from i have absolutely no idea profile banner like sticking his hand out at towards the camera that's the vibe i get and like the filters on the photo hold on let me let me see if i can find it for you yeah i have no idea what you're talking about because the thing is is that like i just completely stopped listening for about 30 seconds and then i hear green boy four fingers beast boy from fucking teen titans all right so um it's it's that that's the for whatever reason that's the vibe i get i that was because now i can't unsee it that was where my mind went okay uh, and i think it fits way too well delete the message i can't I don't want to see this. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're you're no. La- I'm really. <laughs> there we go. Now I can't see it. Good. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's the that's the most impactful thing about this album to me. Um, I would have given it a five if not for the cello parts of the two songs that feature uh, Tina, whatever. Tina what's her Guo. name? Tina. T- that was my thought. Tina Guo. Um. If it weren't for Tina Guo, this thing would be a five, and I would not care. But I care <laughs> ever so slightly more about it since it has those since it has those, those cellos. Um, I, actually, I want to I want to highlight um, Midsummer's Eve specifically of those two. Um, the first like minute, minute and a half of that. Yeah. Oh. Um, past that, don't care. <laughs> mm. It's perfectly serviceable symphonic metal. It sounds really. It, it sounds like what I think the stereotype of symphonic metal would be. And if you like that, great. Personally, I think it it's not interesting. So, so it's perfectly serviceable. It's there. It's fine. So yeah, um, if you can't tell, Parker enjoys more hi- hyperpop. And we're going to be getting to it, but new metalcore. Um, I enjoy deathcore, I guess southern metalcore... And now Symphonic Metal is also in that area. We already talked about Symphonic Metal with Delane in their album earlier this year. Um, and funny enough, Which you actually really it, enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, so that's an example of Symphonic Metal that I actually enjoyed a good amount. Yeah. Uh-huh. For me, I have always loved the Symphonic elements because I was a band kid growing up. And so I just kind of fell in love with like classical and Symphonic. They really, really showed with what I've enjoyed over the years. Um this is not Camelot's peak by any means. Uh, their peak was the Black Halo or slash the Ghost Opera a little bit. Um, but the Black Halo was their best album by a mile. Um, this album, though, is a very well-produced symphonic metal album. Uh, yes, it does follow the formula in general. It completely does. I co- do not disagree with you on that. Uh, for me personally, I absolutely love this album. Um I had a blast with it. The Tina Guo features were some of the best tracks on this album. Opus of the Night and Midsummer's Eve. Especially Midsummer's Eve. I'll agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. The singles were... 
trying to think of what uh it was eventide opus of the night and one more flag in the grounds um one more flag in the ground was good that i can yeah it was good it was um i really enjoyed it i think like like the four five six seven uh eight four to eight tracks four to eight were really really good uh the looking glass was just kind of like it was there i thought it was like okay uh and then new babylon featured melissa bonnie i thought the feature was really really cool um she's a lead singer in quite a few different bands um she's actually only two years older than us uh or older than me um she's been in even more and then the trans metal band rage of light um and now she's a part of ad infinitium uh and i thought it was really really cool the heavy part the light part whatever um all of it was just really good willow was really interesting to me and my pantheon was good i liked uh ephemera the outro i just didn't like 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 heart it because i don't feel like always listening to like just instrumental symphonic pieces um as well as overture also the intro was really good i just think that the looking glass was the only like weak point of the album and i if you consider that like the middle of the album night sky also was like not the absolute greatest but it was still really good um and once again as i said when i say i don't like it it still is better than quite a few different symphonic songs i've heard in the past um symphonic metal songs i've heard in the past so for me this is going to be an album i 100 percent remember for the rest of the year um i don't know if i'm going to put it into the playlist i have i also i am a big fan of silverthorn uh they're 2012 album more than this by a mile i with the newest singer i think that that is one of the best albums they've released with him i think haven was okay i thought the last album 2018 was all right i don't remember much from it but i plan to go back to it yeah so camelot for me was memorable it's definitely going to be in the top 30 i don't know where but I know I'm going to eat my words with saying it's going to be in the top 30 and that it's not going to be in the top 30 and I'm going to eat my own words and say, ha, it's not there. Ha ha, funny. Oh. Oh. Um, oh. But this is... Uh, we're Parker and I are going to be opposites on that for the most part. Um, it's just been a thing since we first talked about Camelot on the old school album that or our old, old school podcast episode that we talk, last did um, with Camelot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let us discuss Darknet and their album Trash World. I believe it is their first or second album. Um, I think they had an EP first, but I think it's their first album. Uh, no, they have had quite a few albums. Really? Oh, self-titled? They've had three. Or this is their fourth album. Um... Anyway, this is 10 songs and 31 minutes. And I'm going to be honest. <laughs> IDGAF is the only song I like on this album. And the beginning really? is better than the second half by a good fucking 10 miles. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have another yeah. polar opposite feeling on this one. Um, and... I just didn't like this. This isn't my style. It's very 
very fucking odd to me, and I just don't like it. <laughs> that's that's honestly okay. I, I I I can't say I'm surprised by that one. Yeah. I enjoyed this one a good bit. This is actually, um, actually in terms of of score at least, I have this as second for the week, um, behind a yet to be talked about album. Um. Oh wow! I just realized that. Yeah, um, I just realized you like that more than Chelsea Grin. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it feels kind of like basic, kind of like it, it's it's it feels like basic punchy metalcore, but I like mm. I kind of like punchy. I agree and with that. It, I don't know. It just works for me. Like, I I don't know. I I. I can't really remember any songs that I was like, holy shit, this is fucking mind-blowing, but it just is, like, consistently solidly good and and impact, and, like, groovy, um, like, metalcore. It, it's, I think it, it's, yeah, like I say, you listed it as, like, new metalcore. And, yeah, it, it, I'd, I'd say that that fits. Um, I'm trying to remember. For me. I think it was, uh, I think Gen Throwaway was actually one of my. I also, I, I really liked tra- um the 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 sort of the the short title track, uh, Trash World. I enjoyed a good bit. Um, uh, I will jump in here. Uh, Gen mm-hmm. Throwaway, I did enjoy. I just didn't like like it on Spotify. Not enough. To, yeah, the, yeah. But like, it was like just barely under that like like fear. Like, right. look, you put on either of those songs, I'll be like, wait, what the fuck is this again? Oh, Dark mm-hmm. Matt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not like despising this like hundred gex or Zulu or slow tie, but yeah. it's not something I'm going to fully remember. Right. But it's gonna be like to be honest. I think of like uh, I'm looking at the ratings here. Can't swim. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm actually gonna put this above can't swim because I I would remember this over can't swim. Um. Yeah. Can't Swim to me was just kind of like mid, and I didn't like the vocal style. I still don't like the vocal style, even going back to it a couple times. Yeah. No, that's fair. Oh. Wait. Yeah, I have one other thing to talk about after this album. I just remembered something. Okay. Uh, continue on with what you were talking about. Sorry. Oh, no. Well, well, well with Darknet, I'm basically done. That's all I have to. That's just really okay. all I need. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It it's it's definitely odd, and I get the vibe of it. Yeah. But to be honest, I really like the heavier moments more than the lighter moments. It just felt very like polarizing, yeah. I guess. Like mm-hmm. the heavy moments were really cool. Yeah. No, that, that, was... I think that's where this album is best is is when it's getting yeah when it's getting heavy. But respectfully, they are like they bend that genre as much as possible and it <clears throat> if it really works for when it does yeah um, no they they did a good job with it so yeah respectfully they made an album that i thought i probably wouldn't enjoy actually not the worst thing in the world yeah um That's good. so last week we talked about ms paints and their album post-american and I actually, and I was saying that I want to go back to it and give it a genuine, better listen, and like actually listen to it, not just say this album sucks. 
the funny thing is, it actually slightly grew on me. Um, we we talked about it offline. Um, I listened to it through. The first four songs are good. Delete It is a terrible song. <laughs> S3 is a terrible song. Decapitate Reality is okay. Post-American is okay. Freak from the Sun and Titan of Hope are good. And then Flowers from Concrete is just okay. But I honestly ended up rating it a 5.3. I thought that Meet Me, Ultra, Meet Me at the Ultra was going to be more of like, okay, I'll actually listen to this more than Emma's Pain. But it's the funny thing is that like this grew more than expected because I think I rated it like a four to start. And yeah. I realized I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I yeah. did go back to it and like I was like, okay, this actually isn't horrendous. And right. like, look, I'm not a I'm not the biggest punk person, just in general. Uh the also Mr. the hardcore I elements. <laughs> what? Mr. I fucking hate Soul Glow. Yep. We should yeah. Uh yeah. But the moments that it does shine are like, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, I don't mind this. It's not a band I'm going to go hunt for, but it was a band that got in my ear and I couldn't get my mind off of it, which is why I had to go back to it. I wanted just to mention it again because it it was an album I did go back to and I actually didn't mind whatsoever. And I'm going to mention one other that I have gone back to ever so slightly. Uh, it's Skrillex and their album Quest for Fire. I only got through halfway through halfway through an album because then I got interrupted fifty thousand times and just said, "Fuck this! I'll find another time to listen to it." And oh, uh, right. from what I remember, I really enjoyed it. So my rating of that two or whatever I was going to give it, yeah, fuck that. I actually do enjoy the Skrillex. It just took me a second. I think I was just in like a grumpy mood at that point. So yeah, no, that's yeah. good. Cause I, I, I enjoy that Skrillex, that Skrillex album a good bit. And I did um, increase my Paramore rating to a three because I wanted Gex to be my um least favorite so far this year. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it probably lines uh, up how you feel about it too. Honestly. Yeah, if exactly. Like, Thinking about it, like, I'm like, okay, I'd rather go listen to Paramore than 100 Gex. The only thing I would listen to by 100 Gex is the Frog song. <laughs> frog on the floor. Where will yeah, we exactly. go? <laughs> All right. I'm going to talk about Invent Animate and their song, their album, Heavener, which I believe is their third album. Uh, Fourth full-length fourth, album. Fourth album. It is 11 songs. 11 songs, 46 minutes. Give or take a few seconds. 46 minutes, 17 seconds. Yep. So I, I'm going to start this one off. And then I'm going to let Parker go off for a while. Uh, yeah, I so think you take this one first. The biggest thing about this, I talked to Parker about this, is that so expectations play a large part in album reviews and album thoughts. If you go in blind, you get a more natural reaction to the band itself. But... Sometimes you listen to an album review ahead of time before you get to listen to it, or you talk with a friend about it and they're hating it, and you're like, "Well, actually, this was I really enjoyed this." Um, but that idea that like they hate it or like parts of it start to kind of like get in your ear, like, "Yeah, actually, this song isn't that good." Um, one I can think of is <laughs> you're gonna be happy about this one. Uh, Muse and their album "Will of the People" last year. 
I Go actually ahead. listened to Go. We Are Fucking Fucked Again. And it wasn't as good as I recalled. Yeah. So I I don't enjoy it as much. It's still good, just not as much as I bragged about it in the first episode that like it was incredible. Um Yeah. So it like those little influences of other people saying stuff to you really gets to you. And yeah. I think the biggest thing about this album is that I'm giving it a nine. Something about this isn't clicking with me fully. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this album. I could listen to it probably through and through um, a hundred times. I am not going to be on the same footing as what Parker is with this album. Not for a long time. Unless yeah. this album magically starts to connect with me more and more. I don't think it will go higher than a 9.2 at best. Um, but seriously, this is one of the best progressive metalcore gen thing mabobber genres one of the best metal releases this year so far by a good mile um mm-hmm. this album is the most beautifully transitioned album i've heard in such a long time i think gloom in the corners trinity is beats that slightly because all the songs are literally connected by a voiceover that talks about the song beforehand and it just goes into each other so well Bands bands do transitions. Invent Animate just makes transitions for bands. Um, also, I did find out that this was produced by Landon Tours of The Plot and You. Yes, um, sir. And that adds a lot to it, and it makes it really, really fucking cool. Um, I love all of the transitions. I want to highlight the reverie immolation of night going from that very, very calm reverie into the disgusting moments on Immolation of Night being the lightest and the heaviest moments on the album, kind of like a slope down into a slope up really high. Um, I honestly loved every single song on it. Elysium, at first, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Now it fits perfectly on this album with the lyrics I could pick up on throughout it. Um... Yeah, just this is a really good album, and I really enjoy it. But part of me always is saying, why don't I love this as much as Parker does? And that's solely because, to be honest, he's a simp for the band. But I, um, I do for Invent Anime, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, but it just feels that like everybody's talking about how incredible this album is, and I'm sitting here like. This is really good, but something is not clicking with me yet on this album, and I cannot figure out why. Maybe it's the lyricism. Maybe it's the way that the vocals are made that I can't fully hear the lyrics, and it's making me frustrated that I can't figure out what they're about. I know one of the songs is about uh, one of the band members' grandmother, and it's about her passing away in general, and... I don't remember exactly which song that was. It's like, without a whisper. Yeah. Although um, at least it was also about um without a whisper is about the guitarist's grandmother. Um Elysium is actually also about it's about um Marcus's grandfather who okay. I believe passed like over uh, like a decade or so ago. Yeah. Um and I want to say that 
at this point, there is no contest that Invent Animate has the best art album artwork of the year. Um, <laughs> look, Suffering Hell, Suffering Heaven, altogether, really cool. Invent Animate is just like, just that extra level of like absolutely insane. And if this album doesn't blow them up into everybody's like, okay, we actually need to pay attention to this band. Yeah. Because Grayview, their last album was good. I remember mm-hmm. from what I remember, it was good. Um, but it is not at the level that this album is going to probably be for everybody. This is an album that everybody should be talking about in general. Um, False Meridian was really, really good. Um, yeah, just, I had a blast with this. Um, I may not be as high as Parker is about to literally say there is no issues with this album whatsoever. It's just like something in me is like, this is not the best album yet. This is not like the best mm-hmm. album of the year, but this is an album that I don't think it breaks the genre, but it expands what the genre can do a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just think. Uh, all right. Parker, have fun. All right. Fucking buckle down, boys. <laughs> I, I got some things to say. Um, I am of the opinion that this is one of the closest an album has been to perfect for me. Um, from front to back, this does this album. It's forty six minutes. That's kind of long. It doesn't feel like forty six minutes. You know, you can you know, time flies while listening to this album and simply just completely like, agree that this album does not feel like 46 minutes whatsoever yeah, it does not feel like 46 minutes in the slightest um my just the, the this feels like a culmination of the best of everything that i like about metalcore and and progressive metal as genres that i it feels like a culmination of everything i love about these genres and so the the first I want to start by the the riffs on this thing are fucking excellent. Um, Keaton, the the guitarist, um, some of these riffs, especially um, obviously Immolation of Night has some has a sick one uh, has some has some sick riffs. Uh, False Meridian, um, Void Servicing is fucking incredible on that front. Um, but, but even just like all throughout the album has some incredible guitar work on this thing. Um, the 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 fact that this was um the fact that this was produced by Landon Tewers I think has a, a significant effect on how this album sounds, and I think it's one of the the best the the one of the deepest listens. I think in terms of an, on a musical standpoint, um, this year, uh, certainly, um, like every uh, everything, like you can hear everything in the song, like in the mix, um, very well. And from the you know from the riffs to the the vocals, the vocals sound fucking incredible. Marcus sounds the best that he ever has. Um, the the ambient elements that stick out in the back of these tracks basically all throughout um the record 
Um, and I think it is what help. I, I think those elements are what helps contribute a lot to the feel of this album as a whole and invent animate sound. I think that's something that they did well on their last record, Grayview. Um, and I think it, it sort of comes to a head here on on Heavener. Um, and I think it's just every time it shows up, like I hear it in the like I hear it behind the the rest of the instrumental and i'm like it's there it's and it sounds incredible it, it adds so much um and the, those ambient elements also add, help add to the like just the emotional catharsis of this album for me um what i what i love about like metalcore specifically good metalcore is it has it has this cathartic effect um that's a lot of what i listen to music for and the this how this album has it in spades um like parts of the the ending of immolation of night is is a particular high point the the the, the post breakdown beautiful section with with marcus doing this great falsetto into like where it picks back up and it's building and it uh into the last chorus is 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 perfect um the the end of you know the last basically all of throughout uh specifically the end of without a whisper but most of that whole song um does that for me as well um something about the end of Emberglow, there's like a guitar or a synth that kind of picks up in the back of the mix at in the last like couple minutes of the song um, and I think that really makes that track for me. Um, Reverie, I think, despite it, it basically being like a, a an interlude, um, I think is still one of my favorite tracks here, just because Marcus sounds like heavenly on this thing. And you know, it's very, it's kind of just an like, it's kind of just an ambient instrumental to it. Um, but it, it's it works great as a break like a break point within the album it's dead in the center um of the the 11 tracks um and i i think it works great for what it's trying to do um the chorus of elysium does that a lot for me as well um where he just starts like belting into the the first lines of of that hook um yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's what uh, where do I even what else do I even have to say? Um, it feel it this feels like an album that I can every time I go and listen to it closely, I can find something new yeah. to latch on. We had that with uh, Periphery last week, and that was solely because mm-hmm. that's seventy minutes, and you could find something new in that because you have different moments when you're aware and you're not aware. Yeah, exactly. And the, I this think this is 46 minutes where you yeah. would be able to find something new um that you, maybe you didn't find earlier. Um Right. Because it, it's just such a it, it feels like such a deep album musically that I I completely I, I, agree I, on that. And you know, even in spite of it not being 70 minutes like the Periphery album is, it still has that effect. Um So the reason why 
I also think of this really highly is because 46 minutes for an album is perfect because there's enough like I, look we've been going through a lot of different albums recently uh they're yeah. older or for or sorry for 2022 and <laughs> a lot of them are actually pop punk albums a lot of, them a, lot are, of punk, a lot of punk rock like half an hour pop punk, punk rock half hour two to three minute songs that don't have that much meat on them or <laughs> it's a symphonic or sludge metal album that or sorry uh atmospheric or sludge metal album that has way minutes. too much bo- way too much meat on a on a piece of meat it's eight minutes long and it's just literal noise that does nothing mm-hmm. for me um I think the idea with this is that it's that perfect blend of that atmosphere as well as the lyricism, as well as the guitar riffs and breakdown. It's all of that combined into one. Um, One of the things about this album that I remember hearing that Marcus finally really found his voice in the, in the band um, and what he wanted to do with his vocals. Mm -hmm. And it really shows. Oh, absolutely. to be honest, I love the clean vocalist so much more, but Marcus finding his voice shows in this album by a landslide. And well, no, Marcus does the cleans. Marcus does the cleans too. What? It's just the one. Yeah, it's just Marcus. He does. A, he does all the vocals. No fucking shot. Dead ass. Look at look, if you watch the whisper the the video for without a whisper. I no dead ass. He's doing I, he's doing everything. Okay. Um, okay. Might, obviously, so, there's going to be backing vocals during like live performances and whatnot. He's going to do everything then. But Marcus, on the recordings, it's all him. Marcus? Join the family tree. Of... <laughs> you are quietly now one of my favorite vocalists. Um, yeah. Your range is beautiful. I love every single part of it. You have figured out how you want your voice, and it is incredible. Um, I. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Holy shit! Um, oh yeah, no, it's it's all Marcus. This album just jumped a good like. Okay, you know what? Sorry. Uh, where where is the? <laughs> Sorry, nine point one, not a nine. <laughs> just because okay. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it was two vocals the whole time. Um, but no, it it works so well. Um, it creates this atmosphere of this. Yeah, you were saying uh, cathartic. It really does make a cathartic style of um, listening experience where you're very, like, look, honestly, if I was, like, high as hell, I'd probably sit here and just listen to the background, not even thinking about the lyrics or anything, and just listen to the atmosphere because you'd just be so emotionally and spiritually letting go as much as possible so that you could just enjoy the album for what it is. Um, people have been like talking about this album as album of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the albums of the year for everybody. Um, who enjoys this genre? If you don't like this genre, you don't like this genre. Simple as that. Um, Mm -hmm. but for anyone who does enjoy metalcore itself, this is one of those gems that if you listen to it, you will probably enjoy some part of it, even just a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, I still will note that Shade Astray is one of my favorite songs of last year. Um, oh, absolutely. By a good mile. But some of the songs on this album are 100% like 
creeping up there for like favorite song of the album. Change mm-hmm. is still up there, but mainly because the chorus is just so good. Um, yeah, I'm actually I'm pretty sure they remixed Shade Astray for the album, like they, from the single. I, I heard about that. Um, they increased the base sure. of it. Yeah, no, because it sounds so chorus. Weird, and I love it even more than I did. Yeah, like, it be, uh, the bass became more prominent in the album itself. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Look, this is a really, really good album to me. It is not my album of the year yet. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think that might go to Currents slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is going to be one that I will remember by a landslide more than quite a few of the other metalcore acts that we've heard this year. To be honest, there actually hasn't been much metalcore this year. Um, that was a lot of metalcore. Like, there's Half Me, which was really good um, or really solid. Uh, there was Pierce the Veil, which I don't consider that metalcore anymore. Uh, the yeah, Wise Man's Fear. Uh, Valkatar. Haven't gone back to that. Uh, and then there's August Burns Red next week. There's Barry Tomorrow the week after. There's uh, Currents in May. But really, there's not much metalcore currently announced or like upcoming. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of other genres in that same area. Um, yeah, yeah at so the, just like at, at the moment, this is the in, Heavener is my album of the year. Yeah, and it's not even I, I'd say even that close at the moment. Um, yeah, this is um, I've been listening to that Model Actress album more and more. That's creeping up there, but it's I don't I don't think it's going to be quite on the same level of impact yeah. as, as this is this is this was to no surprise to either of us that this was going to be e- easy top like number two or number one album of the year yeah also so, i just realized this is the, this is the only the second album that i've scored a nine or higher this year, this year? Yeah. yeah i'm not surprised um for me, I mean, this week was a very positive but also negative week for me. Uh, I had a 9, a 9.1, an 8.7, 8.9, a 5.8, a 5.1, and a 2.3. So very, like, I either loved very it or hated it. <laughs> uh, so next week, we are planning to cover August Burns Red, Baby Metal, Fallout Boy, and Of Sulfur. Uh, those are the four albums that we're planning to cover next week. Obviously, there's probably going to be something else that we add because Parker goes on albumoftheyear.org. He looks at the album artworks and says, oh, this looks cool. This is in our same genre, so let's listen to it. Yeah, this looks cool, and it, it's in a genre that I kind of like. So, <laughs> And that's often where we differentiate because he finds stuff that he likes rather than what I like. So, yeah. uh, hey, There's nothing preventing you from putting stuff that you like on there. <laughs> that's called working and being not being lazy. Uh, uh, see... The issue is that's what I do when I'm lazy. You don't have to be productive to find albums to listen to. (laughs) Bitch. Anyway, that is it for this episode of the podcast. If you are listening on Spotify, please give us five stars. If you are on Twitter and you see this post, please like and retweet. We would appreciate it. Give us a follow. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube if I ever decide to post these on YouTube. Uh, like, Post comment, and subscribe. YouTube, bitch. 
<laughs> uh, I'm just lazy about it. Uh, next week is another crazy week uh, for releases. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to go. It's going <laughs> to be an odd week. Um, oh, wait. this is Oh, wait. It's Fallout Boy week. It's Fallout yeah, Boy of Sulphur, August Burns Red, Baby Metal. That's a very odd combination, I feel like. Yes, it is. Um, anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, we're out of here because I'm hungry. Parker has work in, two, in two, an hour and a half. Yep. And yeah, we've talked for an hour and 49 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> according to the recording obviously i'm going to cut yeah. like a minute or two of that so right. suck it <laughs> anyway have as always have a wonderful morning afternoon or evening wherever in the world you are as always goodbye see ya